Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We are here to help people experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We hope you were blessed with this message from our lead pastor, Zion Douglas, recorded live from Palmerston North, New Zealand. Enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. I hope you're well, and uh, I can't see you, but I've got a very small team here this morning to make this all possible. But Wow, it's incredible to actually be here on a Sunday speaking. The last few weeks we've been pre-recording our messages on a, on a Wednesday or a Thursday to actually be here on a Sunday and bring in the Word this morning is, is, is a little bit strange, a little bit bizarre. Even more bizarre than that is that I'm speaking in an empty auditorium that one day I know we'll join back together again. But for the meantime, the church is gone. The church has not gone in a bad sense. The church has gone out. And I think the, the best place the church can be is when it is activated outside of the four walls of this church. Well, more than four walls. We've got one, two, three, four. We've got a few more walls here at Life Church. But you know what I mean. Fantastic to be here. I hope you're surviving uh, in, in lockdown and making sure, I hope that everything's going well and you're, you're doing well without everything that is is uh, is not available at the moment. I mean, one thing that I've been uh, missing out on for sure over the last few weeks is is a haircut. And uh, last night, she didn't want me to share this, but uh, I'm going go, to go anyway because we're live and I've got a microphone. And uh, so last night, Sophie gave me a haircut. And so if I if I don't kind of look at you from any other angle than this one right here, it's probably because I've got a few uh, marks in the back of my head and, and that sort of thing. So forgive me for, uh, for that. But uh, whatever else is going on in your world, we are praying for you, as Sophie said, and we can't wait to be in you. What an amazing time that we're in, and what, a, what an incredible, uh, what an incredible few weeks that we've had. And I've really loved the, uh, hearing stories about what is happening in the lives of our people. And last week we went into part two of our a new wind series. What we're believing for this year is a new wind of Holy Spirit to come and empower every single person. And really, what. I think might seem as a dead end in the, in the physical for some in this season really can be a, a time to rekindle the flame for others. I know this might be a difficult time for you and wherever you are, but this right now can be the greatest opportunity we have seen in decades for Holy Spirit to take His rightful place in our lives. Holy Spirit has never left us. Holy Spirit has never been, but we're believing. I've, I've, been, I've been praying into it and really been feeling Holy Spirit speak to me that for a life church and the churches across the world, there's a new wind of Holy Spirit that is upon us. Let me say there has never been a better moment in time with the fragility of all that we've, been, we've built our lives on coming to bear during these last few weeks for us to all realize that we simply cannot do this life on our own. We simply cannot do this life without Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, Jesus had ascended to heaven and after He was raised from the dead. But before that, in Acts chapter 1, 4 and 5, just before He left, He said to His disciples, Jesus commanded them to, to not leave before the promise, which is the Holy Spirit had come. Jesus wasn't asking them in, in, Acts, in, in Acts. He was he was instructing them, don't go, don't leave Jerusalem before Holy Spirit comes. And as things go back to as the way they were and the comforts of life fill up our lives, I, I wanna ask everybody here to not leave behind what we need most for our future. We need Holy Spirit in our lives, every single one of us. We're not physical beings, we're spiritual beings 
with physical bodies. That is who we are. And I encourage everybody, whether you're watching for the first time, welcome, it's great to have you here. Awesome that you could jump on online uh, to church this morning. Or whether you've been a Christian for a long time, we can't leave Holy Spirit behind for where we're going in the future. A.W. Tozer said this, the Spirit-filled life is not a special, deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for His people. Let me say that again. The Spirit-filled life, the Spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel. It is a normal part of the total plan of God for His people. And as a church, we've been believing, as I said, for a new wind of Holy Spirit for each and every single person. Firstly, we spoke about a few weeks ago that we would be aware of the Holy Spirit and a new wind through worship. What an incredible thing it is as our team has been leading us in worship. I know for sure that it's been impacting me, not just making me feel good, but also making me aware of Holy Spirit where I am. Holy Spirit is with you right now, but are you aware of Him where you are? And when we worship, we take our focus off of ourselves and we realign our vision to see Him. Wherever you are right now, come on, how about you give an amen? And how about some of the people in the auditorium right now? Give me an amen on that too. That's so good. That's so good to know. But when we worship, we are realigning our focus to Him. And secondly, as I shared last Sunday, that we would be alive, alive in the Holy Spirit in a new wind by having personal purpose. We know that we're not trying to achieve something in life for ourselves. Our purpose is found where our gifts come from. We're not trying to be people that achieve something to find our purpose, but our purpose comes from a God that has already given us gifts and abilities that go beyond who we are as people. They're gifts of the Holy Spirit that He's imparted to us. And, I, and I'm asking, and I really believe that for, for, for people that are watching at home, that this is gonna be a time that you're going to be aware that, of the gifts that He has given to you. But this morning, I wanna read out of Acts chapter three. So if you've got any Bible and the folks here at, uh, at Life Church, 590 Featherston Street, how about you grab out your Bibles too, your phone or your iPad, whatever you've got at home. And uh, if, if you're watching at home, you'll see it come up on the screen too. But we all know that uh, people that are carrying a Bible just seem to be a whole lot more spiritual. So we'll go with that. I don't actually have a Bible on me right now. So that kind of takes me out of that bracket. So I apologize for that in advance, says the pastor of the church. All right, Acts chapter three, reading from my, <laughs> reading from my iPad. It says this, from 1 down to 10. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. What an awesome thing to call a gate, Beautiful. Where he was put every day from those going, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And verse four says, Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with him into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who, would, who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened 
to Him. Let me also read out of Matthew 16, 20. Sorry, it's not on your screen, but it says this. And the apostles went out announcing the good news everywhere as the Lord Himself consistently worked through them, validating the message they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. This morning, part three of our New Wind series, I want to speak on a new wind's of the miraculous. How about you write that down? We're believing for this morning to see a new winds of the miraculous. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we just give this all to You. We thank You for sending Your Son to die for our sins as Pastor Simon so wonderfully spoke about. We just thank You for this time that we have together. And I pray, Lord God, although that we are, we are disconnected by distance, that we'll be connected by Your Spirit and that each person today, Lord God, will be completely aware of what You're doing right now. Lord, we open our hearts to You and say, come, enter in. We wanna be part of what You are doing. We don't wanna be left behind, but Lord, we, we, we want to be part of this journey that You are taking us on. Thank You, Lord, for what You're doing. We give You all that we are in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You know, you gotta know that Peter was the first disciple that Jesus called. He was a simple fisherman that did extraordinary things while going through many rocky times of his own while following Jesus. He denied that he knew Jesus three times before Jesus was crucified. We talked about that at Easter, the fact that when Jesus, when the people said, do you know this, do you know this man to Peter? Peter said, no, I don't know them. And he said it three times. Afterwards, afterwards uh, Jesus reconnected with Peter. Also, Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan. Jesus actually said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, when Peter told him that he didn't need to, go, didn't need to suffer on the cross. And obviously, Peter was speaking out of human, human expression and human feeling, but not realizing what Jesus had to do. But to be told, get behind me, Satan, I'm sure for anybody is quite a startling thing to hear. He was consumed by fear when he began walking on water. And Jesus asked him, you have, he said to him, you have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Time and time again through the, through the Scriptures, Peter is doing his best, but I think we all realize that as a fisherman, that was his occupation, that he was just a normal person. But in Acts chapter 2, he is still there. He is still there. All through Jesus' ministry, he is still there. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit came like a rushing wind to fill every person, each and every single person that was up in the upper room. 120 people that were there at the time were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, got up to preach. And on that first day, 3,000 people were saved. What an amazing thing. Filled with the Holy Spirit, went to preach. 3,000 people were saved in that first day. We can so easily, I think, live a life that is very spiritually in a, in a, in a passive condition. We can live life and just kind of waltz through and kind of get by and with the things of the world that are distracting us and the jobs, the occupation, the, the things that we do, the holidays we go on and, you know, all that sort of stuff that fills up our life can so easily be, make ourselves kind of practically doing stuff, physically doing things, but spiritually our lives can be passive. But let me say there is something powerful about putting ourselves in a place where we are available for Holy Spirit to use us that goes beyond our natural capabilities. That's all that Simon was. He, uh, Peter was, sorry. He was, just a, he was just a normal person that God used in a powerful way because he was available. Availability means, I thought this was pretty awesome, the state of being otherwise unoccupied. The state of being otherwise unoccupied and having the freedom to do something. 
I wonder this morning whether you are otherwise occupied whether the things of life that have happened or stuff that has been going on for the past few years and you've come to a place where everything's been taken away, you've realized that in a physical sense that you've been otherwise occupied. Sometimes the thing that keeps us occupied from being, uh, from being available is simply thinking, could God use me? That's something for myself and I'm sure for many people. I'm sure many people in this room and many people at home are asking themselves, and that's the thing that keeps you kind of otherwise occupied from doing what God wants you to do. Is it good? God, use me. Well, I'd like to remind you about a young shepherd boy that was taking food to his brothers on the front line of the battlefield. And God used him. I would like to remind you about a man that was threshing wheat in a wine press. You don't thresh wheat in a wine press. By the, anyway, God used him. I would like to remind you about a stutterer that ran away from his people into the wilderness. God used him. I'd like to remind you about a murdering a person that murdered Christians who ended up writing a large part of the New Testament. God used him. I'd like to remind you about a young, apprehensive man who saw his age as too big of a barrier to be used as a prophet for his people. Let me tell you that God used them. And the reason why God used them is because they were simply available to be used. For life of me, I can't remember the person's name that I've been thinking about, but I can't get off my mind this something that was said to me years ago. Somebody preached about this and a great preacher. I remember that part, but I can't remember the details. But what will always stick with me is, is this person, this great preacher that traveled all around the world and did amazing things. And you can probably remind me if you remember who he is. But they asked this, why did God, they, they were praying to God and they asked God, why did you choose me to do this? Why me? I am not worthy enough. But God responded to them by saying, I asked five people before you to do what you're doing today. You are just the first one that made themselves available. Incredible thing. And I went and heard that story. I was like, wow, that God is asking people. God, God is looking for people to be able to use to do great things for his glory. But the thing that separates us from doing what we are called to do is usually just not making ourselves available. But God is after us. God needs us to be able to fulfill what He has called us to do in the world. God doesn't need someone that is known, educated, refined, polished, comes from good stock, elegant, seasons, young enough, old enough, or is Christian enough. God just needs someone today that is available. Not available to do what you can do, but available to do what is far beyond what you can do so that we need the Holy Spirit. Billy Graham once said, when we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. When we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. And I'd hope in this time that you would realize when you look at, when, when Holy Spirit's been speaking to you about what He has for your future, you realize really quickly that to do it in our own strength is just not an option. We need the Holy Spirit. I know the church is becoming aware of Holy Spirit. I know that the church is becoming alive in the Holy Spirit, but now it's the time to become available for the Holy Spirit to move through us all. Whatever is the miracle that you need in your life, I want us all to make room for Him to move through us. Just make room today. Allow Him space in your life. Allow Him space in your day. Maybe tomorrow, maybe just, just give five minutes to God for Him to, to speak to you, to, for Him to share with you. That's all it really takes. 
And I, I've been amazed by the, by the amount of times that I've just kind of set aside a few minutes for, for God by reading my Bible and journaling. And the, the things that God imparts into me just blows me away every single time. God wants to speak to you. God, God is speaking to you. God is sharing with you. He All he needs is us to be available. Let me say, nothing is too big for him to handle and nothing is too small for him to care. As we believe for miracles to take place in our lives, as we believe for miracles to happen through us, not just big miracles, not just things that are impressive, but the small things too, I'm believing that we need to, we need to remind ourselves that nothing is too big for him to handle. He's the God of the impossible. He can do it. He can move. If he created the universe, I'm sure he can move in your life. But also, nothing is too small for him to care. Sometimes we think that it's too big or it's too small. It's too big or too small. But there's this little gap right in here that we allow God to come to do a miracle in. Let's extend the borders of what God can move how God can move in our lives by allowing Him to take care of the things that we think are too big to handle and also allowing Him to take care of the things that we think are too small for Him to care about. So what do we need to do to be available for the miraculous in the Holy Spirit? Well, as the Scripture says in Acts chapter 3, I think Peter shows us the way that with the, with the first recorded Miracle after the disciples received the Holy Spirit. I believe this is kind of a, an awesome framework for us to look at about how we can be available for the Holy Spirit to move through us. And the first thing that we need to do is to confront the impossible. Confront the impossible. In verse four, it says, Peter looked straight at him. The man, the man uh, that, that, that came to them that needed a miracle, he came. And what did Peter do? Peter and John, they looked straight at him. I want to say to you this morning, don't stand down from what you were meant to stand up to. There are too many things in our lives that we've been standing down, stepping down from that we're meant to step up to. And so much in life will try and make us timid. But 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, He did not give us a spirit of timidity. He did not give you a spirit of timidity. He did not make you they did not design you in a way for you to feel that things are too overwhelming for you to do anything about. Proverbs 28, 28 verse one says, the righteous are bold as a lion. I don't know if you've ever seen a lion. I don't know if you've ever kind of sat down with a lion or had a cup of tea with a lion. I certainly haven't. But what I can tell you if I did any of those things is that a lion does not muck around and a lion certainly does not care for small talk or anything really that you think about him. All he wants is what he wants because he is a bold lion. And that's who we are, not in the sense that we don't care about what other people have to, uh, have to kind of contribute or give to us or anything like that. We're not being people that push away people in that sense, but we are people that are bold and we don't listen to the things that we're not meant to listen to. This is why worship is so powerful. So much in your life can be going on, but worship it can be a time that we realize how big and great and mighty He is. We say, if God didn't give it to you, then it came from someplace else. Whether it is by circumstance or from the devil, nothing is meant to put you in a place of intimidation. And Paul speaking to the church in Philippi in Philippians 1, 27, 28 says, whatever happens, Keep living your lives based on the reality of the gospel of Christ, which, re which reveals him to others. Then when I come to see you or hear good reports of you, 
I'll know that you stand united in one spirit and one passion, celebrating together as conquerors of the faith of the gospel. And verse 28 says, And then you will never be shaken or intimidated by the, by the opposition that rises up against us. For your courage will only prove as a sure sign that God, the sure sign from God of their coming destruction and that you have found a new life. Matthew 19, 26, 26 a famous verse says, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Come on, all things are possible. No, let's not go there. Oswald Chambers said, When it is a question of God's almighty spirit, never say, I can't. Whenever there's a question, of God's Almighty Spirit, never say, I can't. Because when you say, I can't, what you're really saying is that He couldn't, but He can. Second thing we need to do is that we need to become the vessel. Become the vessel. Verse 6 says, Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, uh, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. You don't have to have what they want when you carry what they need. Let me say that again. You don't have to have what they want when you carry what they need. You may not have what you think matters most, but you will always have something to offer the world when you carry the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. You can't control everything in life, but you can control yourself. You can control the condition of your heart. We are fragile jars of clay that God uses. He deposited, deposits treasure into us for us to carry. What an amazing thing it is that we are, we are fragile human beings, that we are, we are flesh and blood. We come to this earth, we are born into this world, and one day we will be like dust, the Bible says. But God uses us, and all He is asking of us is to be the vessels that He can use. James 5.16 says, The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. How, how is your vessel this morning? How, 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 how are you doing today? How, what? How are you carrying yourself? How, how, are you, how are you living your life? Because God wants to use you. God wants to use you today. But the, the prayer, the powerful one, is, is from the righteous. From the righteous. And I ask you today, whatever your vessel looks like this morning, let's make it right today. Whatever, whatever your life is looking like, God wants to use you. God wants to move through you. The very thing that people said that you couldn't use, the, the very person that the people, people may say that you, you messed up, you, you didn't do well, and there's no hope for you. God can use you. You are a vessel that He can use. You can't decide your past, but you can decide how God will use you in the future. He's a vessel, and we have to be used by Him. The third thing you need to do is to understand your authority. Understand your authority. Verse 6 says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth walk. We need to know where our authority comes from, church. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all this through Him who strengthens me. Who's Him? We're not talking about Ronald McDonald or this guy down the road. We're talking about Jesus Christ. We can do all this through Him who gives us strength. Zechariah 4.6 says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. We don't need to stand on our own name or reputation. 
It's not in the name of Life Church or how loud I can speak that Holy Spirit does the miraculous. It's only in the name of Jesus. That's the authority that we come with. That's the authority that we speak with. We don't, we don't see, the, see miracles happen in our name. So we don't take the credit. We don't take the blame. But what we do is we come in the name of Jesus. It's only in His name. And over and over again in Scripture, we read, in my name, in Jesus' name, or in His name. Luke 10, 17, the demons were powerless because of His name. Mark 16, the demons were cast out in His name. Acts 3 and Acts 4, there, there was healing in His name. Acts 4 and Romans 10, it says that salvation only comes in His name. Matthew 28, we are to baptize in His name. 1 Corinthians 6, 11, we are justified in His name. That means we're made right in His name. Colossians chapter 3, everything we do and say is done in His name. We have authority in the name of Jesus over anything that comes our way that does not come from Him. We have authority over it because of the name of Jesus. The fourth thing we need to do is to seize the moment. Seize the moment. And verse 7 says, taking Him by the right hand, it's Peter. Peter, taking Him by the right hand, He helped Him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He helped him up, and instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. What I've found to be true is that sometimes God moves over time. For sure, 100%, that, that happens. The Holy Spirit moves over time. But for the most part, I've found that Holy Spirit moves in moments. It's in the moments that Holy Spirit moves. We see that even Jesus is passing by and in the New Testament, Mark 6, the disciples in the boat, while they were standing against the, straining against the waves, he was, he was walking by, he was about to pass them by when they, when they called out to Jesus. In Matthew 20, Jesus is about to walk by two blind men as they were leaving Jericho. But the blind men, they called out to Jesus. And it's in these moments that we can either let Holy Spirit pass us by or we can seize the moment. Don't let, Holy Spirit pass you by when He is offering you the opportunity to move on His behalf. He is wanting to move in your life in the most ordinary, in the most mundane, but He is wanting to use you to bless people and the world that is around you. What are the instantlies that Holy Spirit is setting you up for this week? The instantlies, the moments, the, the, the all of a sudden's. The Holy Spirit wants to move in your life. Maybe it's at the, maybe when you're buying your coffee. I know that we can't really pray for anybody or lay hands on anybody at the moment. I know that we can't really do much, but I know that we can receive a word from the Holy Spirit. He can move through us in those moments. But it's in those moments that we need to have obedience to hear His Word. Hear His Word and outwork it through obedience. I remember one time I was preaching. We're about to finish up, by the way. But I remember one time when I was at youth, and I was, preaching my, I was preaching a message at youth when I was a youth pastor. All right, Thrive Youth, let's go. I was, I was young once, all right? And I still am young to 90% of you, so let's move past that point. But I remember as I was uh, getting up to preach and, and just before I got up on the stage, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about a young person that was in the second row and, and he said, I want you to speak into this young person's life. And so I got up on the stage and I was preaching and started and, you know, did my thing and, and he kept on speaking to me. He said, speak, I've got a word for this young person, speak. Give him a word. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. I said, no, 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 no. 
And after 10 minutes, I was struggling against the Holy Spirit. 10 minutes were going by, and I was struggling, 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 struggling. I was like, no, I don't want to speak into this young person's life about this thing. I don't want to embarrass myself if I get it wrong. I certainly don't want to embarrass this young person by picking him out from the crowd. And eventually, I, I kind of wrestled against him, and the Holy Spirit's voice got quieter and quieter and quieter, which happens when we disobey his voice. And then afterwards, I asked young people to come to the front to be prayed for, and he, he was one of the ones that came to the front, and he was standing right over there. And I went down. I was like, oh, there he is. So I went down and went to him. And I was like, what can I pray for? And he began to pour out of his heart all the things that Holy Spirit was speaking to me about him at the beginning of my message. I mean, I'm sure that Holy Spirit moved in his life in that moment. And I know I prayed for him and God did some amazing things. And it was, it was an awesome moment. But I reckon that moment wasn't so much about him as it was for me. That God was revealing to me in that moment that if you listen to my voice, I will be faithful to you. And that taught me a great lesson to not let the moment go by, to not let it just pass on by, but to seize the moment. Seize the moment. Number five, as the band comes, the fifth thing we need to do is to remember the reason. Remember the reason. In verse eight, he says he jumped to his feet. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. But hear this, then he went with them into the temple. He went with them into church. He went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. This is what it all built up to. This is what it all came to. The Holy Spirit spoke to him and moved and did all this amazing thing. Like, you know, they brought a miracle, but it came to the moment where he was praising God. Let me say, what we have is always to help. What we have is always to help. That's the reason why we do it. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, the evidence of the Spirit's presence is given to each person for the common good of everyone. In 1 Corinthians, uh, sorry, in the same verse, but in a different version, it says the whole uh, spiritual gift is given to each one. Uh, let me say that again. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So we can help. That's why Holy Spirit moves. That's why Holy Spirit wants to do miracles in our lives. That's why Holy Spirit wants to pour out on each and every single one of us, on every home and household, on every person, on the church, on everybody as you're walking down the footpath or driving your car. He wants to move in your life and do miracles through us all so that we can help people. And God doesn't impart just for us to receive great things. He imparts so, we, so that we can give of who He is. We can give to others. It's why the mission of Life Church is to help people experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus. That's why we do this all. That's why we have a service this morning. And that's why God wants to move in miracles in your life, is to help people experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Miracles aren't the end, people. Miracles aren't the end of what He wants to do. Miracles are a means to an end. And that is a personal relationship with Jesus. Let me say, miracles supply, uh, miracles simply fill a physical need to make way for a spiritual realignment. Someone needs to hear that this morning. That you're, you're, asking for a, you're, for, you're asking for a miracle. You're asking for God to come through in an amazing way. Yes, He will because He's a good God. But miracles simply fill a physical need that we have to make way for a spiritual realignment. That's why when God provides the greatest thing that comes of it isn't what we receive, but our perspective on who God is once again. 
We can make ourselves available for the Holy Spirit to move in the miraculous so we can show the world who He is and realize once again who He is to us. And on my phone, I don't have it on me. Maybe if Tori, you can pass me my phone or maybe it's not a right thing to do when we are supposed to be doing social, uh, social, what is it called? Social distancing. Just throw it to me. Throw it, throw it. Because we're not, ah, oh, there we go. Over the last few weeks, I, I've redone my, uh, my, 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 my wallpaper on my phone and, and on it, I've just got the names of God from the Old Testament. And every day, it's just an awesome thing that I've been, that I've been doing is just reading through this list of who God is to remind me of who he, how great He is. And it's, He's the El Shaddai, He's the Lord God Almighty. He's, the Elo, he's Elohim, God of power and mind. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Nissi, He's the Lord is my banner and victory. The Jehovah Rasha, Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd. Sorry, it keeps on going off. The Jehovah Rapha, that's what I was going to say. The Lord that heals. Jehovah Shalom, He's he's my peace. The Lord is my peace. Just again and again and again, reminding myself of who God is. And that's why God wants to do a miracle, to remind ourselves and remind the world of His greatness. So again, what happens when we make ourselves available, Holy Spirit to move in our lives? What we need to do is we need to confront the impossible. Stand up to whatever's in your world, whatever you're facing, your family. Maybe it's a, 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 a daughter or a son that's far from, whatever it is. Maybe it's parents that don't know him or maybe it's some sort of influence, some sort of, uh, some sort of evil spirit that's kind of trying to take ground in your, in your household. Confront it. Don't just let it be. Confront it. Stand up to it. Become the vessel. Know that God can use you. God wants to move through you. Thirdly, understand your authority. It's in the name of Jesus. When you speak over something, don't, don't say in the name of Zion, <laughs> in the name of Life Church, in the name of Jesus. Get out of my life. Number four, seize the moment. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the day. Don't let it pass by. What an incredible thing it would be if every, what an incredible thing it would be if every person this week was obedient to the voice of Holy Spirit. What would that look like? Oh, I think our city will be turned upside down by miracles that come through simple obedience. And fifth, remember the reason. Remember why we do this. To help people. It, it, it's not for, to get a name or fame or whatever it may be, achievement or success or to make ourselves feel good. It's to help people experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus. This morning, I want to pray for two groups of people. Firstly, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to say He's a, he's a gentleman. He does not force Himself into our lives. It says in the Bible that He stands at the door of every heart and He knocks. He is waiting and He's knocking for you to accept Him into your life. And also the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, it says you will be saved. Your relationship with Him through Jesus Christ, your relationship with God will be reawakened, realigned with Him. It's because of the sin in our life that separates us from Him. So we ask for forgiveness of that sin as Pastor Simon shared about in communion. So how about you join with me if you want to accept Jesus in your life. How about you pray this prayer with me? Come on, just repeat this after me. See, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I repent and ask for your forgiveness. Clean my heart. Transform me from the inside out. 
I commit my future into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give a little clap wherever you are for every person that has made a decision for Jesus. The heavens rejoice. The heavens celebrate. It says in the Bible for the decision you've made. What an incredible thing that is. And Sophie, my darling wife, will be just with us in just a moment to let you know about what your next step is with that. But if you right now, if you're wondering what to do, just jump on lifechurchpn.co.nz slash Jesus and it'll take you through a bit more about the decision that you've made. The second thing, the second thing, lastly, before we, before we head off, the second thing, second group of people that I want to pray for is anybody here today that wants to make themselves available for Holy Spirit to move through them in the miraculous. If that's you, it doesn't matter where you are, what age you are, what occupation you are, or where you've come from. The only thing that matters is the God that is with you right now and the opportunities that the Holy Spirit has for you in the future. So I'm gonna pray this prayer. Uh, I'm gonna pray this prayer over you. And then in a moment, the, the team's gonna lead us in a worship song. So receive this prayer into your spirit. Take this upon you. And as we worship, declare these words with everything that you have. Holy Spirit, we just declare, Lord, of every person, Lord God, that is open to your word today, that we would, we would make ourselves available for you. We, we are available for you right now. Use us, mold us, shape us into who you want to be. Lord, and send us, Lord, for we, where you want us to go. God, we just pray, declare a people, Lord, that would be aware of your Holy Spirit alive in your Holy Spirit and available in your Holy Spirit to do things that we can't do on our own. Lord, this world needs your miracles. This world needs you. So we just pray, Lord God, in the small things and in the big things. Lord, would you use us, Lord God, to preach your word, declare your goodness and to bring about miracles in the things that people need help in. Lord, we declare, Lord, that this is a day of a new wind, a new wind of miracles. So we pray, Lord God, for stories of this, for, for provision, for, for blessing, for, for people to uh, have miracles in ways that, Lord, they've been praying for years, Lord God, for the prodigals to come home and people to be connected with You, whatever it may be, whatever the miracles that are on the people's hearts today, I pray that You would speak to them, reveal to them what You're about to do. And Lord, use us, use us, use us for Your goodness and Your glory. In Jesus' Name we pray, Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can comment, subscribe or share it with your friends. For more information, visit us at lifechurchpn.co.nz. Have a blessed week.